0: Welcome to episode four of the Wrong Town Podcast.
1: Yay!
0: I'm here, I'm Riley, and I'm joined by Claw. Oh, hi. How are you, Claw? Oh, great. I thought we could make small talk this time before we get started. Yeah, I've been
1: good. I've been good. How are you? Yeah,
0: Fine, yeah. Just doing away, mate. You know how it is in this work world.
1: <laughs> I do. I know exactly how it that is. Yeah.
0: That's enough small talk, so uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Yes. Once again, if you're a regular listener, and if it's your first time, then... Thanks especially, I suppose, for, for jumping in at episode four. There's not really like a sort of series here. You don't have to listen to them all. You could just jump in at any time and get some top quality bands. Pretty much just going to talk about games and stuff for the next hour or so. If that's something you're interested in, then uh, stick around. So, yeah, uh
1: unless you're really, really interested in it, in which case go to the fair one. Yeah, you
0: might, you might get annoyed <laughs> by some of the tone, I guess. Some of the, some of the flippancy in yeah, the way that we speak we, about we, games.
1: We've been accused of not taking our game journalism seriously outrageous
0: <laughs> I was paid a lot of money to write that review about d or i yeah. have
1: you know I thought you were going to say I was paid a lot of money to go to journalism school <laughs> I was paid a lot of money Let's get right down to yes. this.
0: What have you been playing since the last time we I'm recorded?
1: always, even though I always go first, it always catches me off guard. And <laughs> I, I mean, it's actually it. written
0: on the, yeah. on the show notes if you just read them if once only, in a while.
1: If only I paid some degree of attention. grief. Well, I've actually been playing a few things and I'll list them all now because that's going to hook the listeners, isn't it? Because they might be bored <laughs> with the first one, but they'll be like, oh, I really want to hear about that one. Always finish strong. Yeah. So what I've been playing is I've been playing uh, D4, which is uh, Dark Dreams Don't Die as the full title. I think that's the four words. It's D four. I don't know. Okay. It's also got something to do with the story. Sure. I've also been playing Firewatch. Oh, that's quite yes, new. It yes, yeah. it's quite Correct. new. I actually played it to completion on day of release, which is ridiculously un un-normal. uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic for me. of you. Yeah, that is- I was really excited about it, so I was all over it. Okay. And I played uh, Journey as well on PS four. And and uh, that's actually that's actually everything I've got. Okay, so well, let's start with <laughs> D four. I was absolutely positive I had something else. Uh, it that, was only, that
0: was that was written on the on the paper. In that case, that's
1: all I'm going to talk about. D four. D four. Um, my first thoughts when I started playing D four are: What the hell is this? It makes absolutely no sense. It's a really weird kind of. It's like a point and click adventure, but. It's like the weirdest point in adventure you've ever played. It's like a it's like a weird combination of like Shamu and Silent Hill and Wolf Among Us, like all jammed together in some weird detective story. Like I, I'll give you a brief rundown of the story. first. Okay, okay. You're a detective, and your name's David Young, and your wife has recently been killed, and your wife's name is uh, Little Peggy Young, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's her name okay. her name's Peggy Young but he calls her little Peggy i so it's it's weird that's that. it just gets weirder from there you also share your house with a roommate called Amanda but your, Amanda's also a cat that's not explained yet either right. I'm, I, I should uh, put a disclaimer here that I've only played the prologue in the first episode and I think I don't know how many episodes there is but there's more than one Okay. so I've not got it all yet and uh basically the story revolves around that you're you're like a Boston police detective who quit his job with a BPD that's what he calls it uh, that might be what it's really called I don't know I haven't assumed so he he quit his job with a BPD to investigate his, his dead wife and uh, I think something happened to his head I also don't know that yet I think he might have been shot or something <laughs> none of, and this is making me sound like I'm really bad but you play it for yourself none of this is explained so uh, he's he's got a cut on his head which is like Harry Potter's and basically he doesn't remember anything that happened to his wife all he remembers is her last words which are find d so basically his goal now he's quit his job but he's just desperately trying to find out who d is is d the murderer is d like connected in some way is d even a person and his only connection with the crime world now is his ex-partner who's i can't remember his name let me just check my notes his partner is called it's Forrest casein that's his partner i had to write that down yeah (laughs) So that's the, that's the basic premise. And what you do, is like an episodic game, and the first episode is really, really short. Uh, the second one's quite short as well, but I actually quite like it. It's one of the things I like about it, because you can jump in and jump out. Yeah. But the premise is you basically... It's a point-and-click adventure mystery thing, but it has a weird kind of crime-solving engine where you basically... Every, it's like any other game where everything in the room, you click on it and you look at it. But it also has this weird point system where you gain points for doing things, like regardless of what they are, looking at things, like clicking on something, listening to someone talk, you gain points. Okay. And then you can spend those points because there's like a shopping engine in the game as well for <laughs> buying food and stuff. It just it's nonsensical.
0: This sounds weird. This actually sounds a bit like. Did you ever play the CSI games? No. Well, it sounds a bit like that. It maybe is. Maybe weird. I've got it totally. And wrong. I think.
1: Even just listening to myself, I'm feeling like this is an absolute shambles of an explanation of what the game is, but I think that kind of fairly represents what the game is, because <laughs> it is a shambles. <laughs> but the main mechanic, I talked a little bit about those, it's got these... We- it's also full of games. That's the other thing, like quick time events and games just come out of nowhere. So suddenly a character just says, oh, if you... Have you, like, seen the clover leaves or whatever? And then clover leaves just start falling from the sky and you have to start clicking on them. It's, it's, it's full of, like, weird mini games and stuff like that. I kind of like that. Yeah, well, I like it as well. Yeah. The main the main mechanic, though, is mementos. And basically, when his partner, will, if he hears of a crime that is in some way related to anything or anyone where, where D is involved, like D is an initial name or there's something, any connection to D, he brings the details on the crime. And if he has an object that has some kind of, like, psychic connection. Because of his head injury, he can basically use that item, which he calls a memento, to go back in time and kind of gleam information from the past. It's nothing like CSI. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, quite, it's like a few games, though, including Life is Strange. There's a lot of similarities to uh, the way that she goes in through pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, when mm-hmm. I started playing this, I was immediately like, this is really like Life is Strange. And as far as I can see... It's completely independent and came first, so it came maybe. First, okay. So maybe Life is Strange has uh, been Ooh, inspired by this. Maybe not
0: as individual as we were led to believe. Yeah. Sorry, maybe, I has got text messages. Maybe,
1: uh, maybe Life is Strange has been inspired by D4. But anyway, the point is, you go into the past. So the first episode. You get given a police badge, which apparently belonged to a dead U.S. Marshal who died on a plane and he was escorting a prisoner who knew something about D or something like some nonsense. So you basically grab onto his emblem and you jump into the past and then you start investigating stuff on the plane. And it's just madness. Like, that's the only way I can describe the game. It's absolute madness and I don't really understand it at all, but it's cool. It's like <laughs> like it looks really cool. It's like cell shaded kind of rotoscope animation. Like it kinda of looks like The Wolf Among Us, but yeah. more extreme. Uh like a telltale game. It sounds very dense just from the, the yeah, story Yeah, It's absolutely we've had so it's far. absolutely exploding with nonsense. And <laughs> like I don't understand it. I honestly don't understand it. It's got like the dialogue is all over the place and the story just jumps back and forth and it's really weird. Like it's clearly a game that wasn't written in English. Like, yeah. Clearly. Okay. Like that's been translated. And uh like, there's because you're a detective, and there's bits where he does like Poirot like uh, explanations where he goes to someone, and he's like, I noticed this, and that led me to, and he explains stuff, and it never makes sense. <laughs> like, at, at the end of it, you're like left more confused than when he started talking. It's full of that kind of stuff. But.
0: Uh, sorry, it, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for this game, and all of the kind of key people associated have very Japanese names, Yeah, so that's probably why. Well,
1: the main guy is, I, can't, I don't know his uh, real name, but he's known as Swery, I don't know if that's how you say it, and he's the guy who did Deadly Premonition. Ah. And he's apparently he's quite well known, he's quite respected, and he's got quite a cult following. And uh, a lot of people talk about this game and say it's really good. I like it so far, like, it is a mess. Like, it's definitely a mess. Like, it's off the rails, madness, full of craziness. The story doesn't make sense, but it looks and feels really cool. The music's really cool. And I think that, like... The comparison I made at the start where I say it's like Shem Silent Hill, and a Wolf Among Us jammed together mm-hmm. but with a currency system <laughs> and mini games. So apparently when <laughs> I this describe and Life is Strange, wait, stuff that in there too. When this
0: released on Xbox One it, it utilized the Connect.
1: Oh I was gonna I was gonna touch on that because I got it in my notes here. Uh, because on. I played it on PC. Yes. But apparently, like we you said on Xbox One, it came out first as an exclusive, yep. and it was Kinect. And I just think the only way you could make this game matter would be to be sitting in your living room and throwing your Waving arms your around. So absolute <laughs> bonkers. I, I actually want to play it. Like, I don't have an Xbox One, I'm never gonna buy one, but I'm you know, I'm I'm interested. If you've if you've got that game, let me know. Maybe I'll come play it. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. All I have to say is is really good so far. Like, it's confusing and a bit silly, but it's fun and it's like, it's not like any other game I've played. And, like, with it coming out before Life is Strange, I think it's quite interesting to play it because I don't know if any of the Life is Strange guys have said anything about it, but it seems like after playing Life is Strange first and now going back and playing this, there's definitely a lot of similarities. Not not in a kind of they stole it way, but in a kind of I could definitely see them playing D four and going like, That's a really cool idea, let's make it better.
0: See the idea of going back in time using like a photo or like an, an item from the past or something seems like something that's probably been done in like a film or, or like a book or something. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't
1: know, maybe it's just
0: maybe maybe two different people have been inspired by the same thing I don't know maybe
1: but it's also it's just so similar in so many ways and it's also like as far as I can tell I'm not entirely sure yet because I'm so early in the game but it seems like it is the same as Life and Strange in terms of what you go back and do has effects like I don't know if you can like save people's lives and stuff yet Mm. but they remember like when he's in when he's in the past people like know him even though he doesn't know them because he has went back in the past and now he's part of those events so like in, I'm kind of spoiling the first episode, but you know, I I don't think it's that big a spoiler. But essentially, in the first episode, they're looking for a person who's went missing from the plane, and obviously the person is him. Like, well, th- there's another person as well, which makes it more confusing. <laughs> but the person, part of it is the person is him because he was there, they're not there. But I'm, it's I'm really lost. weird. I'm really lost. I'm I'm a little bit lost as well, and I could be saying absolute rubbish about it, but I would recommend it. I would say if you like point and click adventures and you like crazy nuts Japanese mini games jammed into a weird time travel story then buy it I, I do i do like some of those things yeah maybe i'll check <laughs> it out how much did that run you on on steam uh 10.99 that's all right yeah it's not that bad you can buy for 22.99 you can buy a deluxe version with all this random stuff because i said it's got a currency system and yeah you, you can buy costumes for characters and you can buy like all kinds of weird nonsense you would never want but oh. and you have to buy food because your character has stats and they deplete and you have to use the currency system to like top up. It's very weird. But it's not real money, so it's cool. It's not real money.
0: No, that's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. So, D4. I'm, I, my interest has peaked. I'm interested. I've often followed your podcast recommendations, and I've found some good things because of it. So. It's
1: absolutely mad crazy bonkers. Might, might do the same thing. It's cocoa bananas. That's, what it is. <laughs> if you want, that's how I'd describe it. So, going from D4 onto a completely different game. Yes. Uh I'll talk about Firewatch. Firewatch.
0: Just out. Brand new. You heard it here almost first. Yeah. Probably.
1: I don't really have much to say about Firewatch, but it might disappoint people. That's disappointing. Well, yeah, it might disappoint, but the reason is because I don't think a lot of people have played it yet. It's still fairly new, and it's all story. Right. Like, what I can tell you is I absolutely loved it. I think it's amazing, and there's really very little I can say about it that won't spoil it for you if you choose to play it, because... Like it's it's just an experience, yeah. and, and I know everybody says that in a really wanky way, like when they talk about Dear Esther. Stuff, they and do like, say that. Dear right. Esther's got nothing on this. Like like Firewatch is everything Dear Esther could have slash should have been.
0: So is it? I, I don't often use this term, but it's because it's a little bit condescending. But is it like a sort of walking simulator? It is. Of it game?
1: is exactly what people label as a walking simulator. Right. Like like all you do is. You're the main character is basically this guy's had some life troubles, which you find out if you play the game. And to escape those, he's basically signed up to be a fire lookout in the in like a national park. Right. So he's completely on his own to spend his time in this watchtower looking out for fires. And his only human contact is over the radio with other lookouts. Okay. Specifically one other lookout yeah. who's in range with him. And basically you just have to go around doing your national park business as it kind of comes over the radio. But events there are events in the game like there is a story it's not just like dear Esther where you wander around and do nothing like there is interaction theres mm-hmm. things to do there's there's it starts off really slow I'm trying to be just be very careful to not reveal anything yeah it that. starts off really slow but it's almost like a test. I, I actually think, I don't know if they did it intentionally because I was I really liked it from the start. But when I was playing it, it almost felt like I was being tested. It felt like what they were doing was starting the game really, really slowly and not doing much. And then it's like a reward. Oh, if you, for, like, for the hardcore. If you made you it sti- this far. If you stick the real with game. the game and you accept
0: what it is for what it is, then you're going to get the reward. If you play for another 10 hours, you unlock a P90. Yeah.
1: And you can fuck (laughs) shit up. I I might have even spoiled it by telling people that because, like, for instance, if you were thinking about giving up on Firewatch, you won't now because I've told you... Well, that that can only be a good thing. Yeah, but I think it ruins the experience because you have to... It's part of it. I think part of the game is getting immersed in it.
0: I think the only people you could have possibly spoiled that for are the ones who wanted to hate it Yeah, based on the first, you know, the, the slow opening of the game. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's... It's not, like, the best-made game. But saying that, it's, like, Campo Santo is the company that made it, or the group that made it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is their first proper, like, released game, I think. So it's a first. But it's not perfect. You know, everybody says it looks amazing. And it does. It looks nice. It has a really nice lighting style and everything. But it's not, like, an incredibly polished masterpiece. It's glitchy. Like, the animations are weird. Like, if you look down at your own feet, what you're going to see is just absolute nonsense. Like, legs flailing all over the place and vibrating. Like, it's... There's a lot of things, and there's elements missing from it. Like, one of the biggest things I thought, there's no animals in it. Like, I can ruin that for you and say there might be, like, a a fish or, like, a bird in the sky, but there's no animals. Like, you know, there's no bears or anything. There's no, like, wildlife. I think part of that might have been done on purpose to make it feel more isolated. Yeah. But I just thought that was something that was missing. There was a few little gripes. Yeah. But really, it's all about the story. And what I can tell you is the story is really, really good. I, I got, like, when it starts to go... I was so into it. I was just like, oh my God, this is great. And a lot of people were disappointed with the ending. I wasn't disappointed with the ending. I thought it was great. I I think that the people who are disappointed with the ending, I think are those people who just want everything to be great all the time, like a Disney movie. Like I think it's, and I'm not saying it's a bad ending. Like I'm not saying that the ending is tragedy. Like everybody dies. It's just, but it's, I think that they went with a unconventional ending, which I really liked. Oh, fair play. Buy it.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. That's my endorsement. Buy Firewatch. I might I might buy firewatch, yeah. The thing is, I'm I'm not normally into that sort of thing. Yeah. But and it is it's fifteen got, pounds.
1: Like... It's 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 like full release it's full price for that kind of game. Yeah. But I think it's worth every penny. I don't I don't think if if you're the kind of person who prices your games by the hour, you know it's not gonna be worth it for you. But mm-hmm. I If
0: you're the kind of person who prices your games by the hour, then you're a moron. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely like paying fifteen pounds to play Firewatch, mm-hmm. I feel like I got my money's worth and then some.
0: If the story is as like big and, and full on and like sort of encompassing well, as you say, it's it is, not really probably big. will enjoy. I mean,
1: it's small. It's really small, but it's super engaging. Engaging like it's, is it's, the word I was yeah, actually looking for, yeah. And it's like I'm just trying to avoid using really wanky words, but it's like it's intimate. You know, it's like it's very there's almost no characters and there's almost nothing going on. But what there is is so good. Like I was so invested. This seems like the kind of game that
0: I would like to play on like a Saturday night in my house with the lights off, on my own, with like a bottle of whiskey by my side.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe you should do it. Maybe. I might. Yeah, I might do that. <laughs>
0: that sounds that actually sounds really good.
1: But it's really good. It's. Uh, I mean, we're early in the year, but it's definitely my game of the year so far. I'm with what's. With what seems to be coming out this year, it might stay that way. But well,
0: you know, we will talk a little bit later on about some of the things that we are looking forward to. Spoiler: You might not be looking forward to much, but
1: yeah,
0: you know, <laughs> surely a game like that it like just proves that you know things can just drop and and be really good.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I'm excited about. Like it just for me. I mean, a lot of people have been following it because there was some pretty influential kind of indie game makers involved in kind of bringing it to life. Yeah, not in so much making it, but just involved with getting that kind of game off the ground Mm -hmm. but like I had heard nothing about it like for me it just came out of nowhere like two days before it came out I just started seeing articles about it and I just read about it and I was like that sounds great downloaded it on day release played it in one sitting and was very happy and the other thing people have been saying is no replay value I don't know about them I'm playing it again I thought it was great
0: really good well, are you playing it again because you think it might be different or just because in the same way you might watch a film twice, you just want to go back through and enjoy it a I think time? it's a
1: little bit of both. I don't think it can be different. I think right. it's an on-rails story. Okay. But you can definitely do different things in that story. Like, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it was
0: That's great. Twice you've piqued my interest yeah. in the first 20 minutes of this podcast. Well, I've got That's one-, <laughs> one peak per 10-minute period. I've
1: got one more game to talk about. It's oh, similar. Oh. It's called um, Journey. Which is, a, I know it's a pretty popular game, it came out in 2012, and I got it for free, I think, when it was on a PSN, whatever yeah, they call it. Yeah, I actually,
0: just to interrupt you, I was like, I really wanted to play Journey about two weeks ago, and I was sure I'd got it as part of a PSN, like PS Plus free games yeah. thing. I was absolutely 100% sure I had it in my library, and I couldn't find it. Is it on PS4? Yes. I love it. I played it on PS4. Someone's robbed me.
1: Well, unless I unless I paid for it, but I don't remember doing so. Mm. But I would because I'm gonna say it was good. Okay, go on. <laughs> but not completely. I'm not gonna sing it's phrases. Yeah,
0: I mean doesn't everyone say journey's good. I'm not saying that yeah, makes it I, invalid. I, I think
1: they do, but I, I've actually got quite a lot to criticize about it, but I think it is still a very good game. So what 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 is it like? What is journey? What is journey? That's a really hard question to answer, because <laughs> what is it? It's like it's a really weird, like third person kind of puzzler game. Mm. Like You're basically, you're this little character, and when it starts, you just start in the middle of a desert, and there's nothing. And I love the way the menus and everyone are put together at the start of the game. Like, it just, it doesn't feel like a game. There's no option settings and crap like that, or it doesn't feel like there is. Yeah. Like, you just, you're in a desert, and you're just there, and there's nothing around, and you pick a direction. And, I don't know, I can't remember if anything drew me in a certain direction. I certainly felt like I made the choice myself, but... Apparently it's like I don't think it's procedurally generated, but apparently your journey can vary quite a lot. It's not always exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But you start in this desert and you just start walking. And you just walk through the desert and you you can basically you find out what your character can do. You can slide and you can jump a little bit. Can't really do much. And you start stumbling across ruins. And when you start stumbling across the ruins, you find like a little bit of something and then maybe you find like something interactive and you basically just have to keep progressing through the landscape and the puzzles are basically how to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. But it gets bigger and bigger and you find like abandoned towns and massive abandoned buildings and crazy architecture. And then you start to find these weird creatures. I don't know what they are. I call them rugs, rugs okay. <laughs> because they look like kind of magic carpet rugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, these things seem to be alive and they're like drawn to you and you have a cape and your cape matches the rugs so maybe they're capes as well but who knows so and whenever you get close to them you can like if i think if you press square you make a sound and you can kind of play very rudimentary music mm-hmm. with by tapping square and when you do that it draws them to you and they power up your cape and that allows you to fly for a, sort, a certain period of time uh. so basically the whole game essentially is just making your way through the world constantly trying to progress through the architecture and getting your cape to grow longer and longer and longer by freeing more rugs and then you can just fly more and more and more right i see it makes absolutely no sense i didn't get it at all but it's really like a beautiful game like the sound the picture like everything about it is perfect like in design terms and how it works and stuff it's it's an amazing game it's that,
0: that's pretty much what i would heard like most of the most of the praise was about how kind of polished and yeah how nice it was to play it's
1: very very nice it's but here comes the negative, because for me <laughs> it's a little bit boring. Huh. It's like it's like watching an interactive movie. There isn't a lot to do except run around and just, you know, collect rugs. And it's like watching an interactive movie, which I'm a fan of. I like that kind of thing. But this was like watching a boring one. Right. Like it felt like it, it isn't it didn't feel like a story was missing. Because there was elements there and there was even like kind of loading screen cutscenes between regions, which implied that something bigger was happening. Yeah. But it was so vague and so mysterious that you kind of felt like it could be anything and I don't really get it and therefore it kind of felt missing. It just felt like a little bit repetitive and I wasn't really that invested for like the first half. I would actually say my investment levels kind of drooped the more I went into the game. Right. But then it starts getting really interesting because it starts to get bigger in scale And then the whole, I I forgot the biggest point as well. The biggest point of the whole game. The whole point is you're moving through the world, but you're moving through the world because there's a mountain in the distance with a light on top of it. And that's what you're going for. It's like a dangling carrot. Yeah. And I I totally forgot to mention that at the start because that's really important. That's why, (laughs) that's what your journey is. Your journey is from starting in the desert to mountain. To the mountain, right. And that's all you do. And as you get closer to the mountain, it gets more dramatic. And like it just kind of builds and scale and monsters start trying to kill you like the like and every time you get hit by a monster it depletes your cape and you have to earn it back so it's difficult because your cape is what allows you to fly more and more to progress and like by the time you get to this mountain like you're approaching the mountain it just it just becomes really epic and it started to suck me in i don't know why because it was weird because I felt like I was doing less in the game, but it was far less boring. And I think that's maybe just says more about me than Journey. Because when you're doing puzzles and when you're jumping and platforming this kind of stuff that probably appeals to gamers, yeah. I was bored as hell. But when you're just walking, but the story is there. Yeah, it's unfolding. Th- exactly. I, I was really invested. See, I like the sound of both parts of that, actually. And, really and one, on one thing I thought was really cool. I mean, I'm not going to ruin it, but essentially you get to the... You you approach the mountain and you're trying to get to the top of it and stuff just goes crazy and it becomes really good. Like it totally swung me around. So the start, I was like, this is really cool. The middle, I was like, I'm really bored. And the end, I was like, this is amazing. The music and everything, everyone comes together and other characters appear. And when I was playing this, I thought that they were just AI dropping in and dropping out, like, you know, to imply that other people were on journeys. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about this because I can't find any cooperating evidence, but I believe that those people who drop in and out are real people people playing playing Journey. That's cool. It is cool. And and I've probably ruined that experience for anyone else. But for me, it was so much cooler because I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So I was like, in my head, I was building those little relationships that you build with characters in a game. Like, you know, if you're playing like a squad based game, you know, your squad are just characters that are not real, but you get invested in them. Yeah. That's what it was like for this. And then to think that those were real people, it was like, it totally changed. I was like, oh my God. And I actually started to feel guilt because of some of the things I did. Because <laughs> there's one bit where you're moving through this blizzard and this guy, this person was with me, this other person on a journey. And we were like helping each other. We were like jumping and like moving together and shielding each other. And then eventually like we got attacked and things got crazy and I left them behind and I and I and at the end of the game, I was like, "That was a real person." <laughs> I was like, "And I abandoned them." Like that's your monster. Yeah, and like that's one of the coolest things about the whole game. I think like there's a, it's it's beautiful and it looks amazing and these epic landscapes and the music, the sound design is spectacular. Like, mm. I don't know who did the sound, not just the music, but the whole sound of the game is incredible. I don't know who did that, but it's great. Um, the most the the most impressive thing about it is that whole kind of. Other people dropping into your journey, and yeah. I didn't even realize it was happening. And at the end, I think it's because in the end credits, it's, it tells you like the names of the people you met or something. Uh, and I was just like, "Oh my god, those were real people! All those people were real people!" Because I was saying stuff to myself while I was playing it, like, "Come on, buddy, we got to do this!" And I was like, "That was a real person." I, I like wonder, to think I that, if that I person, like person to think could they have were heard
0: you. Yeah, exactly. Captured by uh, if you have a PlayStation camera or something, it just sort of beams your voice across.
1: Yeah. That's that's my biggest regret is when I completed Journey, I was so invested in the end that I didn't screenshot who it was. I would like to look him up. Yeah, he's
0: probably a loser anyway. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's my um, that's my summary of Journey. It's like I don't know if I love it as much as everybody loves it. Like I think I have to say that I found a lot of it really boring and just a little bit too arty, like a little bit too kind of like pointless. Yeah, but. It, when there was bits of story that were really epic and that whole mixing other AI people on Journeys is great. So like conceivably, my understanding is if you're the only person in the world on PS4 playing Journey, then you'll be alone the whole game. Right. That's my understanding of it. Because people just appear and drop out and I, I thought that was really nice. It was, it was a very cool experience. Is it like top 10 games ever? No, probably not, but really, it was a really cool experience. I'm glad I played it.
0: Well, there you go third third game. You're three for three in, in piquing my interest.
1: Although I might drop D4 yep. out of there to be honest. What, what, one, one thing I'll actually say about Journey as well which I really liked. This is a little bit yeah but I just thought it's worth mentioning because I looked up who made it and it's a game company called That Game Company. <laughs> That's what they're called That oh, Game Company and it's two people found it and this sounds incredibly bleh, 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 but I like it. The way that they make games, this is supposedly from their creative team, the way mm-hmm. that they make games is, in, is instead of coming up with a concept or instead of coming up with a mechanic or a genre, they basically say that they make, they come up with a story, like an emotional st- response that they want, and then they work backwards from there. And I, I think, first of all, that's a really cool thing that I've never heard before, but also I think when you play Journey, you totally feel that because the game is a little bit all over the place, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of it. Because they basically decided that they wanted to tell a certain kind of story, and then the game came afterwards. And I think it's really cool knowing that when you play it, because you get that feel of it. Because a lot of the time you're like, what is this? And why is this? And I think the reason that Journey is so unique and other games have not been made that are like that is because of the way it was made. Because they didn't start out by going, we want a little game with stick legs that's going to be in the desert and then he's going to use rugs to fly. <laughs> that came after. That just, like kind of organically formed, and mm. I think that's a really cool way to make a game. Sounds like a really hard way to make a game.
0: Yeah. i <laughs> <laughs> respect, fair yeah. enough.
1: But that's uh, that's everything I've been playing. All right, what well. Have, what
0: have you been playing? What have I been playing? I had
1: to rest my jaws.
0: I've been playing uh, things which seem a lot less... Potentially relaxing. Would you say your, your gaming experience has been quite relaxed with Firewatch oh, yeah. and, and Journey? Well, Firewatch has its moments. Right. But, you know, are you ever feeling, like, angry or are you ever feeling like you're really holding the controller very tight no, to the point, the point only, where you might the break the only it?
1: point of, like, stress would be in the Journey when there was just moments where I was really bored. Right, okay,
0: <laughs> fair enough. Well, in that case, I'm going to do a 180 because I've been playing Bloodborne. Nice. <laughs> <sighs> yep. <laughs> So, uh, so many people said that Bloodborne was like, oh, game of the year, 2015, man, it's the greatest thing ever. And I never played it. And I was like, I've, I have have to play it because obviously everyone talks about how great it is. Um, so I picked it up and I actually <laughs> thought...
1: Morally right, obligated to I'm play gonna,
0: it. I'm going to put some serious hours into Bloodborne and see what happens. So... For those of you who don't know, there's probably not many of you who don't know, but Bloodborne is um, it's from the same team who made Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2 and it, Demon's Souls.
1: It's basically Dark Souls 2.5.
0: Well, actually, it's, it's kind of... I think a lot of people consider it, especially Dark Souls fans who are quite the hardcore mob. They consider Bloodborne to be like Dark Souls light. So more accessible, yeah. more forgiving... If Bloodborne is more forgiving than Dark Souls, I don't ever want to play Dark Souls. <laughs> because Bloodborne is probably the most challenging game
1: I've ever played, that, maybe? That says that I should just stay well away from
0: yeah, it. Well, well, no, I, I was going to get to that, but you should absolutely not play Bloodborne. I mean, I can't recommend it to you any less. Excellent. I mean, there's probably some like old-school, like really tough games like Ghouls and Ghosts and all those kind of classically very tough games from, from the old days. But certainly in like modern times, I've not experienced anything as challenging and relentless uh, as Bloodborne. It's like, it's just mad. <laughs> so it's kind of like got a... All I know is what it looks like. Yeah, it's got it a kind of medieval cool. gothic look to it. Yeah. It looks awesome. It really does look fantastic. Um, I think it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive, so that's the only place you can I def- play
1: it. It definitely was when it came out. Yeah,
0: I think I think it still is. Yeah. So it's... It's another game that's very Japanese, in that it doesn't really give you much. It doesn't really give you much of a setup. It doesn't really give you much instruction. But basically, you are a hunter. And you find yourself in this world, I believe you actually get killed at the start of the game. And when you die, you go to a place called the hunter's dream, which is kind of like your base. So, death is, like, built into the game. It's a part of the game. You're expected to die. You will <laughs> die. You will die constantly. You will die every five seconds. Sometimes you won't even know why you died. You will just die. <laughs> You'll become very familiar with death. Sounds great. Yeah, well. So, your first time you die in the game, you go to Hunter's Dream, and you're given some sort of remit to go out and slay the beasts of wherever you are, to be honest. I, it was so long ago when I started that I've forgotten most of the story. I'll get onto that in a second, though. But, um... So you're this uh, the hunter's dream is like your your kind of base where you level up your character, you buy weapons, and you can use it to fast travel into like what I think is the real world, and you you basically just travel through this really beautifully realized medieval gothic world, killing shit. <laughs> but more often than that, shit kills you. So pretty much every assailant, you see anything that looks dangerous or deadly is dangerous and deadly and even the slightest mistake that you make you're you're dead, that's it and as you kill enemies you amass this kind of currency uh, called blood echoes and that's what you use to upgrade your character to buy weapons, all that kind of stuff when you die, you lose your blood echoes but the hook is, and it's actually quite genius I think they did this in Dark Souls 2 but I'm not sure you have an opportunity to go back and get them but only on your next life. So if you have 500 blood echoes and you die, you go back to nothing. If you go back to where you died, you can pick them back up again. But if you die on the way there, they're gone. So you get one (laughs) chance to go back. And it's like, because it's so difficult and because it's very stingy with its kind of uh, saves and checkpoints and things like that, I, I don't even want to think about the number of Blood Echoes that I've just lost because I died on my way back to them.
1: <laughs> that sounds great. It sounds hugely entertaining to watch.
0: Yeah, well, I um, I really hated it, actually, when I started. I haven't really explained too much about how it works. It's basically a slasher game. You've got a weapon, and you have um like a, a regular attack, yeah. and you have a powerful attack. I think most, most people attack.
1: have seen Dark Souls, and it looks like a similar kind of system, like where you're like S- like third person, you're similar, running around, yeah. and you've got your main weapon attacking. In,
0: and- in Dark Souls, I think the difference is you've got a shield, Yeah, and in Bloodborne, I think the difference is you don't have a shield, but if you take damage from an enemy, if you strike the enemy back within a, a short space of time, you can regain some or all of the health that you lost, so it kind of rewards aggression, which is really interesting because... Your instinct when you get hit is to get out of there, is to like bail yeah. and get as far away as you can and try to recover. But if you if you need to just recover your health, it's not like you know your sort of Call of Duties where you can hide behind a rock and your health yeah. will come back. Health ain't coming back. You've got to <laughs> you use, earn it. You've got to use your a blood vial, which is another item you have to carry on you. It's very inventory heavy. It's very stat heavy, uh, and it's very explanation light. So a lot of things. In my first few hours of the game, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand why I kept getting killed. I didn't understand how to do anything. and um, I think if you sort of know where to look, there's clues as to as to how to do a lot of this stuff. but yeah, first few hours I couldn't stand it and I was I stuck with it for a lot longer than I've stuck with any other game that I was hating so much. I just couldn't get on with it and um, when I got when you get to the first boss that's actually the first point where you can now level your character up. So if I was saying to a new player, I'd be like, right, get yourself to the first boss and just die. Because then you can go out grinding, killing smaller enemies, go back to the hunter stream, level your character up, maybe get some better equipment, then take on the boss. The boss is hard. It took me, I think it was about between six and seven hours of gameplay before I was able to beat the first boss. And that was pretty much just out of spawn, kill loads of things, go back, sort of grinding blood echoes, levelling myself up and trying again. Then quitting, like furious quitting, like controller on the ground, proper, like rage. Walk away from it for like a day. I'd sit one evening... Watching like YouTube videos of some guy going like, "Oh hey guys, this is how you beat the cleric beast. It's the first boss. It's really easy. All you got to do is just stay really close to him and just dodge his attacks." I'm like, "Of course you could just dodge his attacks." You know, it's easy to say these things. It's really hard to do them. And every time I watched one of these videos, I was like, "It doesn't look that hard. I could go on and I could go back and do that." And uh, then I go back and try it and get my ass kicked and throw the controller down and uh, quit for another day. So it was a really painful process getting to any level of competency. And what I'm sort of learning is that some games, like some games, will sort of reward you for mastery. They'll like reward you for getting good at the combat and the systems and things like that. Bloodborne kind of like demands it of you to get really, really good. You need to understand everything about the way your character moves, every move at your disposal, the various different uh, kind of attacks your weapon has got, the combos you can do, all that kind of stuff. You just have to know it all. And then on top of that, you pretty much just have to get lucky, I think. <laughs> so so it, it's just really bastard hard. Bastard hard is right. And it's, I would say it's redefined what I would consider <laughs> bastard hard.
1: <laughs> strong strong yeah. endorsement. But, but I'm well, kind of, of. It's
0: not really an endorsement. But. Well, this is the thing. I, I was saying that I was hitting it in the first few hours. I did have a sort of turnaround, and it was only in the last couple of days when I started to feel more and more comfortable just wandering the kind of first few areas of the game and it was getting to the point where enemies weren't really worrying me that much i knew how to deal with them i was starting to learn the patterns i was starting to learn if i you know if i if i saw a mob of guys in the distance and they started walking towards me i would know that oh that guy is faster than the other so he's going to get there first i can take him out like this that guy's got a long weapon so he's going to go for a ranged attack so i have to do the same or i have to do a lunging attack you sort of like learn how the characters or the the enemies move and uh, what the best strategy is for taking them out. So it's quite strategy heavy. It's quite skill heavy, but it feels great like when you sort of just master a little section of it. The problem is that any time when you start to feel confident, you get slapped back down by maybe a lapse in concentration or, you know, just something, a silly move that you made and you die and you're back to the start and you lose your blood echoes and it just sort of reminds you, you know, you're just a kid here. Stop getting cocky, you know? (laughs) It slaps you down like any good teacher does when you're getting too big for your boots. Um, So only in the last couple of days have I started to get more confident. And I got all the way to the second boss, who's called Father Gascoigne. Father Gascoigne (laughs) is a hunter. So he moves like you. And he happened to have the same weapon that I had. And uh, he's very fast and he's very dangerous. And I... Beat him on the second attempt, and I felt like God, because I'm looking online and people are like, "Oh, you think the cleric beast is hard? Wait till you get to Father Gascoigne, motherfucker! <laughs> like, you're gonna be there for weeks." And I beat him on the second try, and I was like, "That's it! I have ascended to yeah. Kanye West like levels of God like this," <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. Because actually, when the great thing about Father Gascoigne and that boss fight, and the fact that it's so awesome, that I beat him second time, is that uh, he turns into like a huge beast when he gets down to quarter health. Where he just starts running wildly at you, and I panicked, and I just started like, lobbing Molotov cocktails at him, and he died. And he was literally just about to swipe me <laughs> and, uh, and take my last, my last ounce of health and my last ounce of sanity, and uh, and I and I, I beat him, and it was glorious. And I was like, he got so many blood echoes. It was something like, and I'm just going to say eight thousand. That's probably not a lot, but for where I am in the game, that's a lot of blood echoes. That can level me up a few times. That can buy me some new weapons. I can, that's that's good for me. So I'm like, right, straight back to the Hunter's Dream. So I'm running to a checkpoint where I can travel into the Hunter's Dream and I accidentally run off the side of like a, like a, a ledge and I fall like 100 feet and die. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's kind of annoying. Now I've got to go back there and get those. But I'm still in like Father Gascoigne killer mode. I'm still like... I am the greatest man who's ever walked the streets of Yarnum, which is the place you're in. <laughs> and it was just this bit towards the start of my journey with is these two big, like, ogre-like characters. And I was like, these guys. I eat these guys for breakfast. I killed Father Gascon in the second attempt. I don't have to worry about <laughs> these guys. And uh, one of them killed me. And I lost my 8,000 blood echoes. And <laughs> I just remember sitting. I think this was actually only just last night. I just kind of sat on the couch, like just looking at the screen with my controller kind of slumped down by my side thinking
1: oh
0: <laughs>
1: that's really upsetting sounds like the time in a like in a game where i would normally like scream out like no well i, I did
0: i did do a lot <laughs> of screaming out throughout but i think in that moment oh, gutted. i was just god yeah that's just like oh couldn't find no words i don't even know what to say my last um bloodborne anecdote is uh i bought what's called the Kirkhammer. hammer now the kirk hammer is uh is a weapon which showed up in my were in the hunter's dream you can buy stuff and every now and then new things get added the Kirkhammer hammer was there and the stats look really good i was like ooh, i want this and um i bought it Three thousand blood echoes again not a lot for a seasoned player a lot for me at the time it Took me about an hour and a half to get that much and uh I couldn't use it and I was like why Why? Why can't I use it and it turned out that another, yet another thing the game had not explained to me was that you need to have certain stats to wield certain weapons and my stats were not good enough to wield the cut <laughs> Didn't think of telling me this as I was buying the cut camera, it let me spend the money. And to, be, like, to be clear, is this, this is real money or Blood Echoes? Blood Echoes, okay. there's, no, there's yeah. no real money in there, it's a proper game and um, So I tried to sell it back because I was like, I'm never going to level up that soon. I'll sell it back. And the resale value was like a quarter of what I paid for it. So I held on to it. I was like, oh, Christ, okay, I'm going to grind up and up and up. And I did. I grinded for a good few hours and I got my Kirkhammer. I got my, my stats up to the point where I was ready to go. And the Kirkhammer is amazing. Basically, it's like a sword. But the ranged, basically, you can sort of like, you can adapt your weapon to be a more ranged weapon so my first weapon was an axe and it was like telescopic so if i put it into range or like long range mode it sort of shot out and got longer and i could do like big swings and swoops and stuff the kirk hammer is like a sword like a normal fighting sword i don't know what you call a fighting sword but a sword like a knight would have <laughs> but your character on his back wears this massive like hammer head like a big stone hammer head so when you put it into ranged mode he like snaps the hammerhead onto the end of the sword and suddenly you've just got this massive sledgehammer and it looks amazing and it's like big slow movements but it's, you know, the idea was super powerful, right? So it's the trade-off. It takes you a long time to wind it up but the reward is if it hits, big damage. Not big damage. (laughs) Not big damage at all. Actually, significantly less damage than my axe that I started the game with. Tragic. So, yeah, that was many hours lost to the Kirkhammer. Um, but I did beat Father going on the second attempt. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah, we
1: have got to cling on to the little things. So, yeah. but with the big things. <laughs> I'm like,
0: I'm into it, right? I'm like, I'm kind of like hating it and loving it at the same time. It's weird. And it's, even though I feel like I'm, I can move around with kind of little fear, there's still a lot of tension. Like every time you turn a corner, what's going to be around the next corner? What's going to be through this door? What's going to be up these stairs? And how am I going to kill it? because it's going to try and kill me probably and 9 times out of 10 it will succeed. So yeah, it's like it's uh it's a baptism of fire when you start playing it and then that doesn't get easier. And it's sort of like <laughs> it feels like it feels like it's only going to get much much harder. And I I'm, I imagine there's people out there listening to this who've played Bloodborne thinking you're like 10% of the way through the game, mate. You think killing Father Gascoigne in the second attempt was big. <laughs> you got no idea yeah, what's coming.
1: You ain't played nothing.
0: So I'm a little a little concerned. But one thing I did do, uh, before I got to a stage where I would say I was good, this was before I killed the Cleric Beast, actually, which was the first boss. So this was some time in the first six to seven hour period in which I was playing the game where I was just hating life. I, I stopped playing it for a little while. I thought, oh, I need to give this a rest because I'm burning out here. So I turned on uh, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection which is like an HD re-release of the first three Uncharted games. And um, I've never played an Uncharted game before. I have you played an Uncharted game? Never! Okay, so Uncharted. I only played the first one uh, in the HD um, collection, the Nathan Drake collection, sorry, which was Drake's Fortune. That originally came out in 2007, so it's quite quite old now, but they've, they've done what I can only assume is a very good job of making it like advanced like it feels it feels fine to play it feels a bit floaty and it's basic but it looks nice you know it plays pretty nicely um but you know what after playing bloodborne it was like therapy you know it was like it was like lying on a bed on the beach and getting a massage and sipping a pina colada it was just amazing it was it was so good um it's probably not even that good a game but you know just in contrast to like bloodborne just being like your sort of asshole karate teacher who just kicks your ass every night you go. But he's making you he's making you tougher. But he's also making you cry every night. <laughs> Uncharted's like going on holiday and having some like resort rep like take you playing volleyball and like water polo and stuff like that. So that was quite fun. It's a bit like um it's a bit like Indiana Jonesy sort of style. You know, Nathan Drake's like this yeah. charming, adventuring guy. He actually, it reminded me a bit more of, like, sort of... See, if you take, like, maybe a bit of Indiana Jones and a bit of Brendan Fraser from The Mummy and sort of mash them together into one person... In the world of Tomb Raider. In the world of Tomb Raider. <laughs> well, this is it, because I had played... I'd played the uh, the new Tomb Raider, but I had never played Uncharted until now. But I can totally see, like, they basically just made Uncharted with a woman when they made uh, Tomb Raider. Yeah. It's very, very similar. A lot of the... um The platforming stuff in particular is extremely similar. And that's no bad thing because I would say the platforming stuff was probably my favorite thing about Uncharted. The story was fine. It was like a fun action movie. It was a bit meh, but, you know, fine. It's like the quest for some, you know, ancient relic, classic, classic Gambit.
1: Yeah. They talk about him being like a huge mass murderer, like Indiana Jones. Like you don't kill a lot of people in Uncharted. Oh, you
0: kill a lot of people in Uncharted. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Because I've heard a lot of people say the same thing about that game that people say about the Indiana Jones movies, is when he's the hero and everybody loves him and he's great and you want him to win, but if you actually stop and look at how many people he kills yeah, okay. <laughs> to, to achieve those goals. But
0: they were bad guys. Well, that's so it? So it's isn't it? all
1: right. Uh, no, you do, you do shoot
0: a lot of people dead. Um, <laughs> and that's actually one of my complaints about the game. Not the fact that Nathan Drake is a mass murderer, but the fact that there were so many shooting sections and they were kind of like... You know, you know how like back in the old days, and I, fair enough, this game was released originally at the time when this was what every game was doing. But that gears of war thing, where you just walk into an arena like a space, and yeah. it just be lots of like
1: suspiciously waist high objects. It's like the order, like it was a more recent example, like yeah. just to, just to kind of you you're, sort of know you're it's in, coming. You're in a room, and now you just have to cover and shoot until everyone's dead.
0: Yeah, and that that happened a lot, and so I think. Um, when when you're doing something like that, which is part story, part platforming, part shooting, the pacing's pretty important. You don't want to get too bogged down in any one thing and I actually think that the platforming sections were a bit too sparse, but it's probably because they were quite cooler, quite grand. you know sometimes you're like climbing around the outside of, a, of an old falling down castle and sometimes you grab onto something and you know, the bricks start falling and you gotta m- move quickly and things like that. Um, I think the shoot there was too much shooting, but I guess it's probably easier to just make lots and lots of gun battles than it is to make like really cool innovative yeah. fun. You know, it wasn't really innovative at all, but you know interesting platforming sections. Um, so I sort of get that and also like 2007, like that was the same year that I think that was the same year that Mass Effect first came out and Mass Effect is an incredible trilogy it's one of my favorites. but the first game, like the, the sort of shooting and combat and that is gross It's absolutely yeah. horrible. It's some I, of the worst.
1: I stopped playing Mass Effect 1 after five minutes
0: because I found the shooting system so bad. It's really, really not good at all. And, you know, if, I can't speak for how the game was, this game in, in 2007, but certainly now, in the Nathan Drake collection, I thought the shooting was fine. But it was just fine. It wasn't, like, particularly good. It was just fine. <laughs> so, yeah, Uncharted was a nice little... Uh, It It was. It it. was fine. It's like a lemon sorbet. (laughs) It was fine. No, actually, I do like lemon sorbet. It was like. It was like a mango sorbet. Yeah, it's not what I want. I would have preferred it was a lemon sorbet, but it's alright. It's fine. It does have. I think probably I could probably count the number of times this happens on one hand, which is why it's so weird. Quick time events that just come out of nowhere. Yeah. And you don't see them coming, and it's not like in Shenmue where quick time event, and it's associated with like this loud, harsh beeping noise. Yeah. In this, something's happening, and then just a PlayStation face button will appear in the bottom of the screen. And you've got to be really quick to press it. So you can't, like, it's not like those games where you're tired of, like, shooting, 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 and then a cutscene starts, and you're like, oh, okay, I can put my controller down, take a sip of my drink, because you never know. There's, like, five (laughs) of them spaced out through the game. It might be one of these times when you've got to push a button quick or you die. But it's quite forgiving with death. You sort of just go back, like, to where you were. I would actually recommend playing it. I I think it's fun. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, I'm going to play the other two games in there as well, because, you know, I've got them. So I might as well.
1: Yeah, why not? Why the
0: hell not? So uh, the majority of my time over The Last Little while has been very Bloodborne-centric. I'd say I've probably got like 12 hours on the clock now, uh, which isn't a huge amount, but I've only been playing it for like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And some of that was spent playing on chart. So, uh, yeah. I also picked up Rainbow Six. I-, I was waiting for this one. Rainbow Six
1: Siege. Uh, I, I have also played a tiny bit, Well, the thing only, is bit, only because I wanted to have some context. Yeah,
0: I, I also have only played a tiny wee bit, so that I can't speak too much about it. I'll probably save it for next time. But a couple of weird things about Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> so I'm playing it, and I, I thought I'm going to do what's called the situations before I play... With real people, because I, I think you
1: have to. Because I want to piss off because I tried to skip it and it yeah. was not
0: having any of it. No, <laughs> so I jumped into it, and the first thing that took me off guard was like, This feels quite clunky. And normally, I'm i'm cool as a cucumber when it comes to, to frame rates and games, I'm, I'm totally fine 25, 30, whatever it's fine. But I really noticed it in
1: this. I feel like you're reading my notes. As soon as I turned it on, I was just like, the same thing. I don't care about frame rates, but I've yeah. said it. I've said it. it doesn't in, feel right in this in, game. And maybe every podcast we've done, I've mentioned that point where I don't care about frame rate, but in a first-person game, frame rate is very important because that's what you're seeing. Like it's from your eyes. It's no longer just like an experience.
0: Well, especially in in Rainbow Six, where I mean, you sweep this, this you is... sweep across with your gun, and yeah. it feels like it's stuttering. Exactly. Like, and especially in a game like Rainbow Six, where I mean, this is much more forgiving than the Rainbow Six games that you know we used to play back in the yeah. day, the original. Where you one can shot get shot you're dead. Yeah, you can get shot a few times, but you don't have much gun for you. And you know, I find that enemies tend to see me before I see them, which is perhaps down to my bad tactics. <laughs> and I enjoyed doing the situations. It was like going through an airplane, taking out five or six it, guys. Though. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> they were awesome. And I was like, okay, they start. They start to get really, really hard as you go down because oh, the gosh. odds are stacked against you. Where it's like, I'm so, I'm so not far down the well, list. Well, you're, you're one person in right. these. And you're against lots of people, so you do like missions where you're looking after a, a hostage, you're guarding a hostage and you've got to barricade a room, but there's a team of four guys or five guys coming at you, and there's three waves of them, so you kill them once they go back to the start, you reinforce the room and they come back. but because you're so outnumbered and because it's your first exposure to sort of like the tactics of the game you know the the idea is short um rounds of multiplayer where you've got to prepare if you're inside defending inside a building you've got to sort of like fortify it you've got to um barricade the windows and you know lay uh, barbed wire lay traps that sort of thing and it's quite overwhelming the first time especially when there's five people coming at you and your health doesn't regenerate you obviously they go back to full health but your health doesn't regenerate so it's quite hard excuse me but uh so i sort of got a little bit bored of um getting my ass handed to me by lots of computer characters and I thought I'll try out the real big boy mode multiplayer and I only played a few games lo and behold multiplayer game, 60 FPS oh
1: really? yes, oh there you go
0: very, very weird that they've done that <laughs> probably something to do with how predictable I guess because there's only 10 people in each game it's always 5v5 so I think it's probably to do with like the number of characters or something like that, but yeah it's a it's, uh, it's super smooth
1: so you're saying you you believe that the situations that it's not there's too much going on for it to support 60 FPS
0: that's the only thing I can think of I don't know why else I
1: mean that's kind of good because when I played it that was my fault I was just like for real I was like this is Rainbow Six the new Rainbow Six game on PS4 and you're telling me it looks like this I was just like it looks it looks horrible Like, I mean, I've not played the multiplayer yet, so that's... No, worry not. The the multiplayer is... uh, It looks absolutely horrible. But I also just don't think it controls nice at all. Like, it's like, it's really hard to shoot. They've also done that thing that's become really popular, I found in games, since Destiny, is when, like, I get it that recoil is supposed to make you inaccurate. So in a lot of games before Destiny recoil would mean if you held down the trigger your your sight would go all over the place yeah. but now it's become popular to not do that recoil just makes your gun go straight up in the air <laughs> Yeah. You... and I don't know about guns maybe that's what really happens well I would imagine guns. it probably does yeah but it's like it's just awful because you basically if I'm holding a weapon it's almost like you know, it doesn't stop you being accurate because you just learn to counteract it. Yeah. But it's basically like every time you fire, your gun just goes up and it doesn't come back down because yeah. <laughs> that's the difference yeah. between humans. And it's it's what my huge gripe with Destiny was, is I acknowledge that if I fire a powerful gun, I'm going to recoil and point up. But then as a human, I'm going to push it back down. Mm-hmm. Destiny and Rainbow Six, from what I found, they both don't do that. You shoot, you look up and it doesn't look back down. That's not how humans work. Uh, That's not uh, how our heads work.
0: Uh, I'll be honest, that didn't really bother me. But then I have played a lot of Destiny, so I'm quite familiar with that. I, I got
1: so tired of Destiny of pushing my gun back down. But I, <laughs> I, 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 think we should definitely like
0: get a little team on the go, even if it's just me and you and three randoms, and just, just. Yeah, play some.
1: I, I got very little joy playing on my own. I just want yeah. it to be over. Like well, I'm not I, enjoying the situations at all. No, well, I,
0: I played the, uh, I, I played some multiplayer, and it was more fun having a team of guys. But I sort of felt almost like a spectator because the team. The teams I was being matchmade with were so good, and you <clears throat> that you you get like you unlock operators, which are basically characters that you can play as in the game, and you you start off with no operator. You're basically just a recruit, and you have to get to a certain level to unlock other guys. Some of the guys have got abilities like they can jam electrical signals, or they've got different kinds of uh, incendiary weapons. Um, but you start off with basically a very basic loadout and not many special skills going for you. And uh, I hate it when games do that, where they're like, oh, you're new, so you can have nothing. You can have all the crap stuff. Yeah. Like, I need the good stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm no good at this it's game. It's the other way around. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto. It's <laughs> Grand Theft Auto's multiplayer could be so much fun, but it yeah. isn't because it's not fun until you've played it for 200 hours. Well, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I think, I think I'll... That's probably, I'll leave it there for, for for Rainbow Six Siege because I I would say I barely scratched the surface. I yeah, played a couple of hours, but most of Exactly the same situations. for me. We,
1: we'll probably talk about it in the next one when we both had a chance to get stuck into it more. But yeah. my first impressions, if that's what this is, first impressions of Rainbow Six Siege, ain't liking it so far. <laughs> well, my
0: my first impressions are actually liking it quite a bit, but I worry it's got that same problem of me as a 29-year-old man unable to keep up with kids with super fast reflexes. Yeah. That I also don't
1: me. like the classic Ubisoft things Or first thing it asks me to do is sign, up, sign into Ubisoft <laughs> to account. Yep. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give them the credit now that it doesn't make you do that anymore. They've learned something. They're still trying to push their useless nobody-wants-it account system, but at least they don't force it anymore. So that's one positive. Well, there's a lot of like... Um, and the pre-rendered yeah. graphics... You know, it's just like because yes, they look amazing. Okay, right? The pre-rendered, vis- the pre-rendered cinematics—they look oh, yeah. really, really nice. It's like, but what's the point? What's the point of making them look so nice? Because then, when you hit the game, you're like, oh, it looks crap. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like if I made a game, I wouldn't want to highlight how not good it looks with the cinematics. And that's what I feel like they did in this game. They obviously spent a lot of money on the in on the in-game cinematics, yeah. and then the real game doesn't look anywhere near as good as that. Fair enough.
0: Well, I like it seemed
1: like that. a creative mistake to me.
0: A lot of games are doing that. It's, they've always been doing
1: that. Though. But it's also it's also not expensive, so that's the other thing. It has
0: come down in price yeah. definitely.
1: And I also if heard, I paid, if I paid fifty pound for it, I would be disgusted with how little game there is in it. But for for less, for half that price, I guess it's okay.
0: I I, I heard um, it was either today or yesterday um, at the time of recording of this that um, they've they're. They've either released or they're releasing a patch which basically makes the matchmaking system more friendly to new players. So you're more likely to be matched with players of your skill level, which is kind of what matchmaking's supposed to do anyway. Yeah. But I basically felt like I was getting matched with like 10 ninjas or 9 yeah. ninjas. Well, I think
1: when there's only like 100 people online, you don't really have much choice in who they match you
0: with. I, well, I
1: don't know about that.
0: <laughs> know. I'm sure the numbers are acceptable. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um... Where would you like to go from here?
1: The world oh, is ours Well, there? who knows? I don't know how long we've been talking for, really. I don't think it really matters. Uh, well, I mean, we could talk about what we've been playing on the channel, but I think it, like just a glance at it, because we've been playing The Witness a lot, which people might have noticed, and we've also been playing Dead End Road recently. Yeah. Uh, Keep talking. Nobody explodes. That, oh
0: yeah, that's fun. I like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think we need to talk about these too much because you've seen us play them and you kind of know what we think of them. But
0: we can... well, I probably haven't mentioned how much I dislike
1: Dead End Road honestly. Uh, act- I'm sort of just going with it. Yeah, actually, I might. I might you did say it once, but I don't know <laughs> if it made it to the cut. Riley really doesn't like. It. I really do like it. Like, I no, think no, it's great. It's not.
0: I don't not like. Well, I do not like it, but it's not like I. It's not like I hate it for like for what it is. It's just not my sort of thing. Like. I completely respect it. It does a lot of things right. It looks cool. Yeah, the art, it does look the art, cool. The art style is very, very cool. I'm a big fan of that. But as far as I can tell, unless I'm missing something, you basically just play it again and again and again and wait for different things to happen.
1: You don't wait for different things to happen. You or make different things happen. You just, you just see happen. what happens. I, it's I, like
0: I, this, this horrible trend of games right now, this horror game trend. And I think it's probably PT's fault, Kojima. But there's this <laughs> trend of games that are coming out where it's like oh it's a bit unsettling but every now and then there's going to be a jump scare but you don't know when it's going to come and that's it
1: see I agree that that trend exists as a lot of crap games I would never put Dead End Road in that category I just think there's so much going on in Dead End Road like I just want to play it more and more and I think our first two playthroughs are just a highlight of, of exactly how good it is. Because we played it, and we were just like, okay, that was all right. This stuff happened, so that's it. That's, we just do that every time. And the second time we played it, it just couldn't have been more different. Yeah, that, it's, it's like,
0: that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like, well, let's play it again and see what happens this time. I'm like, well, I don't really care what happens next time. What I, is it be I, like?
1: I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed the struggle and yeah. trying, to get, like, trying to get where I wanted to go and do what I wanted to do. I mean, the only thing that I don't like about it, to be honest, is that there's a time limit on it. Because I think the time limit restricts what you can do. So I think the only thing I would do to improve Dead End Road is remove the time limit. Yeah. And then you could actually just explore and then do what you want it. Well, there you go. Recommendation. Or, for not remove it, add a way to extend it. Mm-hmm. Add like something you can purchase or something you can do that gives you more time on the road. thing is, I might just be
0: completely missing the point of the game. I might just, uh, I might just not be getting what it, what it is or what it's supposed to be doing. I'm just not really... I don't feel much of a desire to play. it. I kind of enjoyed the experience the first time through, and I I, I sort of don't really know what you see in it.
1: I don't really know what as I see it either, but I I I love the style and I love the way it looks, yeah. and I love the actual the main mechanic of the game, the driving. I like I think it's really cool. Yeah. It's so it's incredibly simple, but incredibly cool. And I I just love the tension, the suspense. I love the the race. Like I love the kind of, I feel like I'm in trouble here. And I'm trying to get out of it, and there's a tension in it. There's a like making decisions: do I go here? Do I go there? I'm running out of fuel. How much money do I spend trying to win more money with scratch cards? Like I just find the whole thing very, very exhilarating. <laughs> I like, do. I do like the scratch cards. Yeah. I got to say. Like I want to play it. The first thing I did after we uh, had finished recording it, I went home and I just played it for another two hours. I'm out. Well, like that's that's fine. That's a good thing. I think it's, good it's, that you I enjoy think it's it. great. And yeah. I, I think it's really good that one guy just made that as like a project. Like he just yeah, it no do. that that aspect of it, I'm I'm genuinely
0: very very impressed with because it does feel very yeah. very cool. And I, I think I
1: think it does Dead End Road a disservice to put it in the pile with all those kind of like PT knockoffs because I don't, I think there are a lot of games you know we're we're drowning in games where it's walk around this environment and a jump scare will happen every mm-hmm. so often. Dead End Road isn't that. There's stuff going on in Dead End Road. There's there's strategy. There's like there's just there's
0: more to that game. I, I I would I would agree that there's stuff going on. I'm not sure that there's enough stuff going on for me, but you know, whatever.
1: I also like games you can jump in and out of. I'm mm. I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to like something like Bloodborne, not just because it's really hard, but I'm just never gonna play that because it demands too much of me. I like that I can go I'm gonna have a run of Dead End Road and you jump on and you've got twenty minutes. Like that's it. That's all there is. I like that. I like games you can jump in and out of, which is something I forgot to say about D4, Journey, uh, and Firewatch. Mm. They're they're all short. D- like D4 is really short episodes. Firewatch is a few hours, maybe three hours or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very short. And Journey is the same. A Journey is like just over an hour, maybe two hours or something. I like games which don't demand that you invest in them. Like I like a g- like I think it's good that you have an option, but I like a game where it's like, I like my games like I like movies. <laughs> I I like to decide how and what I want to do. I think there's room for both
0: types. I'm a big fan of, like, a short game. The one you can just experience the whole thing in one sitting. I definitely like that. You can't experience, like, you know, Skyrim in one sitting because it's going to take you 50 hours to get through it.
1: Yeah, I I don't think you should be able to experience everything in one sitting because I'd say, again, I don't think Dead End Road is that. Hmm. Firewatch maybe is, but, like... uh, but I feel like it's the option, you know what I mean? Because the reason that I don't play games like Skyrim and stuff is because really I can't play them, because you can't play Skyrim without investing in it. You know, you can't go like, oh, I'm just going to play two hours of Skyrim. It's like, well, no, because you have to play ten first to get all the stuff and get all the things. Like, you know, it's mean? it's like, it's like those games where you can't play them unless mm. you invest. And I would say those 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 are the games that I don't play. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have the choice. Especially because we're, we're busy people. Yeah. We're adults now. We've got jobs like, and stuff. I would never say Skyrim is bad. I couldn't even really comment on it because I've not played it enough. Mm. But the reason that I've not played Skyrim is because I feel like I can't play Skyrim. Because if I decided tonight I want to play Skyrim, well, I know I've got about 30 hours ahead of me before I've seen, like, before I'm properly into it. I think and you I just don't have that like, kind of
0: time. At least four or five hours at like, the character creation screen, yeah.
1: just like tweaking things. It's like when I've tried to play Fable. Like, I quit Fable 2 when I was still a child. <laughs> Like, like in the game because I just like I was so tired as I was like I don't uh, have this uh, much time.
0: I thought I thought Fable Two was great. I didn't think much of Fable Three, but Fable, I Fable, Fable Two, 2 might great. be
1: great. But I didn't have enough time to find out. <laughs> I only had a couple of hours. Molyneux's best game, <laughs> hands down.
0: <sighs> should we do some questions?
1: Uh, yeah, I've yeah, got, oh, got okay, this. Well, before we go into the questions, keep go talking on. and no one explodes. We both love it, right? Yeah, it's, it's, amazing. it's amazing. It's really good. Everybody should get that game for parties. It's it's yeah. absolutely. F and hilarious. I've
0: recently actually I found myself developing an interest in board games, like not like Monopoly and Cluedo, but like what what people much um, much less fun than myself would call proper board games. (laughs) (laughs) So like you know, the stuff you can't buy in Toys R Us.
1: Not like, not like Dungeons & Dragons. It's Super funny, because I would say stuff. the total opposite. I would say Monopoly and Cluedo are proper board games. Yeah, and then the well, other games are like card games and role-playing games. Yeah, and stuff. yeah You know, well,
0: you know, this this game is Monopoly like, um,
1: is a proper board game. <laughs> I, I,
0: I will take back what I said about Monopoly, because I like Monopoly. And <laughs> yeah. I, damn, I don't want to tell me different. Even though it lasts forever and it destroys families. Um <laughs> No, like games like um, Pandemic is a game I played recently, which is a really cool board game where you are fighting a virus. Kind mm-hmm. of like Play Gink, But it's a collaborative board game, so everyone's working together. It's very cool.
1: I want to play It's a Virus. You no can. Idea. No, that's the oh, thing. Right. There's well, an expansion
0: great. mode where where one player can be a bioterrorist and can help the virus. Ah, I
1: love it. I'd like to do that. Yeah, so there you go.
0: F those people. Anyway. <laughs> F them all. <laughs> I wasn't going to develop into a board game spiel because I'm nowhere near qualified enough. But keep talking, and you know, because put me in mind of that where there's like, it feels like it's got a kind of tactile element to it. Even it, doesn't it doesn't feel like a video game. Yeah. It feels like something else. Like... Yeah. Uh, I also have this thing on my, my notes, which was on my notes for last week, and we ran out of time last week, and we probably ran out of time this week, but it was just a thing about um, games we were looking forward to, which was oh, yeah. a much more relevant conversation in January than it yeah. is now. Well, Maybe Do
1: you want to just hammer yeah, through it? Yeah. What, what games are we looking forward to in 2016 is the question, right? Uh, yeah, it well, wasn't actually asked by anyone. Uh, well, I just I just posed it last well, my, week. Well, my answer is pretty simple. Uh, I'm not looking forward to anything. There's no games coming out that I give a fuck well, about. Well, we sort we did <laughs> sort of cover that when we talked about
0: Firewatch, and it would be fair to say that yeah. you are looking forward to the things that you don't even know are coming. Exactly.
1: Yet. There's like all the triple A's or whatever you call it, or the triple A's or the announced games. Like, there's nothing on the horizon on any platform that I am even remotely interested in. The only exception being uh, Detroit. The, the the David Cage oh, game. Oh, fucking Cage! Are you serious? I don't think it's going to come out in 2016. But yeah. if it is, then that would be the only game I'm looking forward to because I like their game. So you know, I love, I love Heavy Rain, and I love uh, even more. I like Beyond Two Souls. Like yeah. I just, you know, there's there's a lot of wanky blah, 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 in blah, but I really like what they are, and that's the only game which has been announced that I'm looking forward to right now.
0: I didn't edit my list of games from last podcast, so some of these have actually been released, like The Witness and uh, Rainbow Six Siege. (laughs) No, Rainbow Six Siege had actually been released when we were going to talk about this. Um, I said Street Fighter V, which I would really like to play for some reason. I feel like I really want to play Street Fighter V. Is that weird? I don't know. I think that's weird.
1: I honestly couldn't even tell the difference between it and all the other games. Uh, What? (laughs) Are you having a laugh?
0: You're a professional troll. Street sir. Fighter
1: V, Tekken, it's all oh, the same. Oh, you, you, Tekken. you. <laughs> Tekken. Yeah, I'm trolling a little bit, but I, I, I'm just. Tekken's, for, I'm not a hard, Tekken's I'm, for wee kids. I'm not a hardcore gamer. Like, I, and I know that's <laughs> funny to a lot of people who are listening to a podcast about games. But the only reason I'm here is because it'd be like, you, you might care. About what I have to say about some games I've mm. played, and if you do, then you're here. But like, I'm not a games journalist, and I don't even consider myself to be like a hardcore gamer. Like, like I just like games, and that's it. I like I like what I likes, and sometimes I like things that I didn't think I was gonna like. <laughs> there
0: you go. Very uh, very articulate.
1: Thanks. Uh, I'll just present a short
0: list in uh, in bullet point format. Uh, number one: No Man's Sky. It's going to be crap, but I was I'm excited still about it about it. five years ago. <laughs> it's absolutely going to be crap, but yeah, you got
1: to look forward to. it. How can it deliver? I it, mean, it, it, how can it? It absolutely cannot and will not. Yeah, Elite Dangerous, I think, is kind of done everything that No Man's Sky could hope to have done. Now yeah. they've added the horizons like expansion, where now you can land on planets in Elite Dangerous.
0: There you go, missed the boat, lads. Yeah, number two, Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm a big Mass Effect fan. So, you know, obviously that's going to be great. Although apparently it might not come out this year. Yeah. So maybe next year I'll be talking about it still and saying, I'm really looking forward to Mass Effect Andromeda.
1: Yeah, well, I think the rule is uh, when a game is announced, you just add two years on the expected release date and then you'll get yeah, it. Yeah, especially if it's a fucking Bioware game.
0: <laughs> Number three, Doom. It's a reboot. It's just the, called the Doom. The new Doom. Yeah, Doom. It's called Doom. Uh, I also think that might be rubbish but uh, I'm, I'm a sucker you can still be excited I'm about a it. sucker for yeah. Doom so yeah I'm excited about Doom Number 4, Heavy Rain which we just mentioned I've never played Heavy Rain but it looked quite good yeah, Heavy for, Rain for, and for a cage
1: game it looked yeah, quite good Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls They're doing an HD pack yeah HD pack together for like 20 quid or something on PS4 I'm all over it I've already pre-ordered mine going to rinse
0: them <laughs> Number 5 probably not much to say about this Uh, EA Sports UFC 2. I'd like to play that. Again, I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's going to suck. I'm noticing a pattern, actually. Many of the games that I'm looking forward to are probably going to suck, apart from number six, the Batman Telltale game. But it's not
1: about Batman, it's about Bruce Wayne. Great. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be like Gotham. Gotham's really good. (laughs) It's all right, but I don't think Telltale's game's going to be good. I mean, I think... Because, like, I love The Walking Dead. I'm yeah. all over the Walking Dead game. Like, it was amazing. I think it's definitely fair to say that Telltale has completely lost its way and now they're just like a franchising, like, kind of. They're basically just like money, 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 money. And they yeah. just churn out crud that is branded in a way that people will enjoy. I, I think that's true Do you true. like Borderlands? Yes. Well, then you'll love Telltale's yeah. no, Borderlands. I-, I get it, I get <laughs> but- it.
0: It's cynical, it's-, it's cash grabby, it's low quality. Minecraft story yeah. mode. That's pretty yeah. much all when, you need when to When was the last time say?
1: Telltale actually made something? Like, <laughs> that's what I would say. And everyone would be like, they made this, this, this. Anybody who thinks they can answer that question, you've not understood the question. Listen, <laughs> listen. The
0: dark days of Jurassic Park are, have come and gone. God, Jurassic
1: Park was a, was a pleasure compared <laughs> to the crap they're turning out now. Like, I mean, even Game of Thrones, like, it was funny, but it was just like, yeah, there was just nothing yeah, wasn't, there. Wasn't like... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Take that, Telltale. I six, loved six, you.
0: Probably, <laughs> I loved you. Probably a lot of rubbish games coming out, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, let's get to the questions then. Let's get to the questions. Let's hit okay. the questions. i we'll just get my question sheet up. All oh, right, this piece of paper says, uh, it says C questions, and I honestly thought that said C quest, and I was just like, <laughs> are we going to do a section on C quest? We're I'm doing a section on C
0: quest ESV, yeah. yeah. Um, Next time. <laughs> okay, first question. Um, we could probably answer this one very quickly. Hit me. From I, don't, I haven't read oh, the questions. Oh, actually,
1: you know what? I find it exciting to not read them before we're live. If you want to ask, ask,
0: axe. If you want to axe us a question, uh, <laughs> ax you can away. either leave a comment on this video if you're watching it on YouTube, or you can tweet us at the wrong time with pretty much anything you want to ask us, as you'll see. It's do you feel Do you feel
1: like we should put like a hashtag or something? Because you know what? I actually, I, I, like I said, I find it quite funny to not read them before we go. Yeah. But I find it really hard to find them because they just at wrong town them. But at wrong town, it could be anything. So you have to troll through it. Maybe we should do like hashtag question.
0: <laughs> <Or> I, think, <laughs> I think that's a terrible idea. The thing is,
1: once, Hashtags are global for Twitter, right? It's going to be yes. pulling all sorts of rubbish in. Once we
0: get to the point where we're getting so many tweets that we can't tell the difference between the questions and the comments, maybe we'll do maybe something I'm like that. Maybe I'm
1: just spectacularly lazy. Right. But I, I look at at wrong turn and there's 10 messages, and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't don't worry. I, I, I've got a handle on the questions. So 4 j Steve has asked on YouTube um, about our thoughts on the Division beta. What were your thoughts oh, my on the thoughts, Division beta?
1: My thoughts are, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly just not interested in it uh, at all in any way, shape, or form. And also, like, that's just me being honest. I'm just not interested in the division. You know, if it becomes really cheap at some point, you know, like a month after it's released and nobody cares anymore, then I'll buy it uh, just to see what it's like. But I'm not interested. And also,. Because apparently it's the biggest uh, beta ever now. Like I yes, say, it's, it the, is, it's yeah. the biggest beta in gaming history. That just makes me want to play it less because I don't like to be one of the sheep. Oh, I'm a rebel. Yes. I like to I like to walk my own path.
0: Yeah, god, tedious. Um, well, <laughs> I actually didn't play it because to download the division beta at my house where I live with my internet would have taken me about six weeks, and the, the beta would probably have been finished by the time I got it. So, I was not able to partake. Uh, although I thought it looked okay, it looked fine. Next question um, let's do one let's do this one from econ on YouTube um, who asks do either of you have any Nintendo history?
1: Uh, only Nintendo 64 Nintendo
0: 64. I don't consider
1: myself to be a hardcore gamer so I don't really yeah, you said. it doesn't really it doesn't you said it doesn't really go further back than that I, I, that's fine Nintendo 64 there's people but No but it's not fine for people who are just like who think gaming is like important uh, and yeah, they think yeah. it's important to know the history of gaming and my answer to that is <laughs> well I, I
0: the first Nintendo console I got was a Wii
1: and I got so a DS as well so way later but you um, probably know about Nintendo games though. Like, yeah, I know all about like, Nintendo. I, games. I I honestly if someone was like, what was the first Mario game? I'd be like, I don't know and I don't know what it was on. I've I just in, N64 I had. Basically, in my family we had a, like an Atari with the joysticks. Yeah. And uh, whatever the hell that was. I and mean, we had like we had a some kind of spectrum of a tape player. Did you actually
0: have a ZX Spectrum? The little black thing with the gray buttons and the colored lines on it?
1: All I know is it had a tape player and you had to rewind games. Oh, I don't know. That could that, <laughs> that, that could be many, one of many things. Okay, well I had something like that. Uh, we used to we used to call it uh, what do we call
0: it? The Commodore.
1: No, we used to call it a Sinclair or something. A, yeah, it's, it may, okay. might not have
0: been a Speccy, but there were okay, yeah. Sinclair. So whatever the hell
1: it was, but then it was Mega Drives, Sega, 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 N sixty four, Dreamcast, Xbox three sixty. That was my journey.
0: I was all Sega until I got PS two changed my life actually I was all Sega until Sega stopped making stuff
1: yeah I was I was hardcore Xbox 360 uh, until uh, basically like the latter the end of Xbox 360's life and I I basically was tired of the crap that was all the, the crappy dashboard and the crappy games and I thought the Last of Us looks pretty good. I'm going to get a PS3, and I never went back. I'm now so PlayStation, I can't even remember what it was like to not be. <laughs> I,
0: I, had a, I had a DS as well. I don't know if I said that, but a lot of really fun, cool games were on the DS, so I respect them for that. I like just like playing like really obscure Japanese rhythm games on uh, my DS. They're not
1: obscure at all. Every, I'm surprised that everybody hasn't heard of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, What else have we got here? What else have we got here? Brian Ryan 666 on Twitter. (laughs) Um, With this being the year of VR, what do you think about the VR devices that are going to be released and do you plan on buying any? So we've got the Vive, the HTC Vive, we've got the Facebook Oculus Rift Uh, and we've got... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy one of those. We've (laughs) got the... the, 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 I think the cheap one is the Samsung Gear VR but that actually you, you put your phone in that so that's like a a low-cost they're giving
1: those away free with every pre-order of uh s7 are they they are
0: i'm actually up for a new phone
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. it's uh, something that's been announced only in the uk and america i think uh, every pre-order of uh s7 so you're talking about a 700 quid phone i'd think yeah uh, you're gonna get a free vr headset
0: Here, here's my thoughts on vr like
1: i i I've, i'll let you say your thoughts okay, first fine. but I'll, I'll say that i've i actually have invested in
0: one you have yes I think the the Oculus Rift is a cool idea. I think it's very expensive, and I don't think there's enough out there right now to draw me in. The same with the, the, the Vive, the HTC one. I think it's got the same yeah. problem. They're really pricey. I've got a PC that I believe would be capable of dealing with this stuff, and actually also in the case of the Sony one, which is the one I'm perhaps most interested in. Uh, I can't remember what the Sony one's called, but... Um, so I've got, yeah, got, got the, so- the Sony well. one was
1: getting incredible like, reviews when people were testing it and not like people who were even paid to do it. Yeah. You know, people were going to like tech fairs and putting it on and going, oh my God, this yeah. is insane. So
0: like, I would probably, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to price for me and I think it's going to be maybe a year or two before they're in a the range, maybe even longer than that, we're in a price range that I can consider other than maybe something like the Samsung one if I can pair it with a phone which has already got the screen and all the accelerometers yeah. and stuff, maybe. But again, for me, it's like, there's not really enough stuff. There's no reason to buy one right yeah. now. Like, what, are you going to play on it? Like... I, I'm actually less excited about playing games and more excited about the idea of, like, like imagine something like, this is a terrible example because I hate NFL, but imagine, like, the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And you could, for a pay-per-view Super Bowl experience or something, where you see the whole event, but you're, like, in a seat yeah. And you can look around and you're there. Or that, like a kind of Grand Prix or a big football game
1: or something. Or totally.
0: a live event or something like that. Or, you know, stuff like that, the entertainment side of it, yeah. rather than just the playing game side of it. And that's, that's, that's exciting.
1: I think that's cool. And that leads me on to what I have to say, basically. Because I've already... I kick-started a VR solution back when Oculus was still a Kickstarter. God, yeah. that was a long time ago. It is. I, I backed one of its rivals. It's called Cast AR. And Cast AR is... Basically, it's a virtual reality pair of glasses, uh, but it's also augmented reality, which I think nobody else is talking about. Only Cast AR are doing it, because it's like Sony, Samsung, HTC, Oculus, they're all virtual reality, and no one's doing augmented. And some people, it's like, oh, it's because it's had its day. I don't think so at all, and what you just said there is what I'm interested about, and I think augmented reality is a huge thing that's being ignored in that Mm. regard, because... Cast AR is a virtual reality headset because it has like a clip-on that makes it virtual reality, but you clip that off and it's augmented reality yeah. for like tabletop games or weird audio-visual experiences. And it's really cool. It's also way cheaper than all its rivals. I mean, I, I backed mine for $200. Mm-hmm. That was my whole headset. The controversy around it was that Cast AR has now been delayed for almost two years. And everybody was starting to say, oh, nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to get it. It's going to become like Oculus. And uh, a lot of people pulled out. But they basically just got a massive amount of funding. They got a couple of million dollars from some technology company because obviously VR is exploding this year. Yeah. And they did the coolest thing that I've ever heard of anyone do on Kickstarter because most of the stories you hear in Kickstarter are people like the Oddcast stealing your money. Of course. <laughs> but uh,
0: Scumbags. Yeah. <laughs>
1: there's a lot of controversies like games that aren't really games and like you know people just buying assets and trying to resell them and people selling products that don't exist all this stuff what cast AR did they you know they got their million dollars in backing and they basically said like we've been struggling to get the product as good as we want it so we've got this big financial backer but we're still not going to be ready and we also feel like you know, people have... They've not been misled, but they feel like people backed for the headset that they promised. And now not only is it late, but it isn't really that anymore because they're funded and they don't need the money and people are going to be like, is my money going to be spent how I was told it was going to be spent? So what they did was they basically just gave everybody their money back. They just said as a thank you to the people, to the like however many people that backed the cast they are. They gave us all our money back. I've already got my cash back. i mm-hmm. received it. Uh, but we're still getting the headset when it comes out. Nice. In a year's time. They give it, each of us a, a, a voucher for a free Cast AR headset. Very cool. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited about it because it's augmented reality and virtual reality. And it's also, in my opinion, I reason I backed it. it is because it just looks like the best thing out there. It's like it's basically a pair of sunglasses and above each eye is a 720p projector Mm -hmm. and that's what it uses to do like it's in vr so when you are doing virtual reality you clip a visor onto the front and it projects inside that visor and when you're doing augmented reality the projectors just project out onto like retro reflective cloth or a wall or whatever you know know, if you want to you can just sit in front of a white wall and watch a movie on a (laughs) 3d movie it's like it's so cool and I just think it's it's got so much potential. Like the HTC one is cool but really expensive. Samsung and Sony, I think, are the most interested. Yeah. Oculus Rift, I just don't care. A lot of people are like, "Oh, everybody's just hating because of Facebook," and it's like, it's no, I'm I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of Oculus Rift hate. I think it's pretty sensible to say, you know. It's never—they're never, never gonna deliver what they were. And Oculus Rift, actually, you can put them in the category of people I was saying before who didn't do right by their backers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Oculus Rift is a classic example of "give us your money in exchange for this," and then they just used it as a leg up into the tech world. They, they didn't it was really very, do.
0: very disappointing yeah. that the actual cost of an Oculus Rift is so much higher than what yeah. they basically initially it's said. Not, it was it's not—it's not even mean.
1: just that. It's just they just didn't do the stuff they said they were going to. Like in the same way, Cast AR didn't. Cast AR kickstarted a concept. They didn't do what they said but they apologized for it yeah. like, like oculus rift were just like oh we needed a leg up into virtual reality and you gave us the leg like thanks you know <laughs> and i also think that all the kind of facebook is the biggest place to be it's got the biggest user base it's like that's all crap like like facebook is just money and anybody who believes that if it else is just foolish like is facebook really what's going to take virtual reality to where it needs to go of course it isn't like of course it's not going to do that like if I don't know how open Oculus Rift is going to be. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just like shut me up hugely by making it massively open like HTC ones is because HTC ones is almost like completely open. Mm. There's really no rules about what you can do with it. Like, but I think Facebook's is just Oculus Rift is just going to be hugely limited and it's gonna. I don't know. I, I really can't see any future for Oculus Rift. The, the maybe thing, I'm the wrong. The thing
0: is, what, what I think about Oculus Rift is that I do think that the price is too high. Um, it's fair. They, they can charge whatever they want for it. That's fine, but. It's too high for me. But what I think is that Facebook is such a powerful force that when you're talking about things like big entertainment, I think that's gonna to come to the Oculus. And I think it might come exclusively to the Oculus because they've got so much clout and so much money basically yeah, to make that, this stuff happen. That's,
1: that's definitely an it argument. It'd
0: be a shame if that happened, but that is that is how I see it going. I'm not saying that's gonna make me buy an Oculus, but I do think that's gonna yeah, be I, like it's gonna be like iPhone versus Android. You know, there's yeah, gonna be a I, side. I
1: I would agree with that. I guess. The point that I didn't really make clear there is is more, I guess, for me, that would be my argument. Is like the kind of stuff that I'm interested in is not the kind of stuff that I think Oculus is going to have. Right now, I don't think anybody's got anything. Mm. But, I mean, the biggest limitation, I think, is if everybody except Cast AR right now is only doing virtual reality, and I'm really interested in augmented reality, like... Everybody got bored of augmented reality, I think, because it came out on smartphones so early, mm-hmm. and there wasn't really that much cool stuff. There was Layer, the app where you could look around you and see yeah, things, yeah, and I a few other that. little uses of it. Like Molyneux did it in a, in a Fable spin-off thing. There was a cu- there was a few cool things, but it kind of just you know fizzled out. But I think augment- augmented reality is still something that has really not been properly tapped, mm-hmm. and I think all the virtual reality headsets are just missing that by making them only virtual reality. Cast AR is really on to a winner. <laughs> you will virtual reality, clip it off, augmented reality.
0: There you go. VR, let's
1: see. Yeah, hopefully I'll be getting my headset uh, either late this year or early next year. The do, some,
0: do some impressions videos then, yeah. hopefully.
1: Unbox it. Cool. Break it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. Um, now, a quick one from Frazzle89Dazzle on Twitter. Who would win in a fight? Odd job from GoldenEye. Or the monkey from Time Splitters 2. Now, the monkey from <laughs> Time right 2. We're the
1: right people to ask. Is
0: the is like the short, the equivalent, basically the short, fast, annoying character. Yeah. Everyone hated Oddjob, and everyone kind of hates anyone who plays as Oddjob or the monkey in Time Splitters 2. But
1: I think Oddjob's probably going to win, right? He's yeah. Probably
0: just snap the monkey's neck.
1: Yeah, the monkey is annoying, but he's not going to win against Oddjob.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty country. I don't think Oddjob
1: can really lose against anybody. Like. There you go. Except a poor movie writer. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm if going to throw. You have to
1: write jobs, Steve.
0: I'm going to throw in another one from from at 4J Steve because he's asking like good questions that you would ask a proper podcast, and I feel like we <laughs> have to we, we we have to give them a shot. Yeah, because so, that's what
1: we is. Uh, we, we is proper.
0: Another uh, another similar to to Brian Rand's question. Um, he asks our thoughts on the growth of esports and do either of us take part in any of the big four, which he suggests as League of Legends, Dota, uh, CS:GO, or Smite. Now I don't even know what smite is which is, <laughs> which is a problem I do that's know it. what I do know what League of Legends is in fact he put the abbreviation LOL and I knew what that was so that's something yeah. I know what Dota is sort of I never played either CSGO <laughs> I've played though
1: yes well, I mean, I've played CSGO that's the only one I've played and not competitively no uh, no, not even to an amateur <laughs> degree, I what I think about the growth of esports is I think what everybody else thinks is that it's really cool and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's just going to explode it's like it's it's happening right now. Like, basically, you know, like... Yeah, we're, ESPN, we're watching this happen. Yeah, ESPN's yeah. bought people. Like, Major League Gaming's just been bought by... Like, like the TV, big TV networks and big companies are looking at esports and going, that's going to happen, and we want it.
0: I'm looking forward to when those become, like, the big esports. I'm looking forward to the minor league esports. Yes. I'm looking forward <laughs> to, like, uh, I don't know, something like competitive Race to Sun or something you yeah. know like well, little about, games I was
1: about to say that I, I actually I w- I think that's kind of a cooler concept because what I think about it to go in more detail that was my broad answer what I think about it is everybody knows it's get, it's huge and it's only getting bigger but my issue is that I don't play any of those games yeah Um, and that's that doesn't matter because you know I also don't fight in the UFC but I still like watching it like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't have to do a sport to enjoy it but the issue I have which is, it, it sounds like I'm criticising eSports, whereas they're only getting bigger. I don't think they've got anything to worry about. But if I was criticising them, I would say they're not accessible. And what I mean by that is that the games that are really big in the eSports world, with the exception of Counter-Strike, which I think is, a, is just a shooter game in a, in like a very limited capacity. Mm. Like The other games, they're complicated. They're complicated and they're very, very in-depth like character-wise, st- strategy-wise. And I think they're like... They're not, they're not so much intimidating, they're a little bit intimidating, but I think it's hard to win people over who don't play those games. Yeah. Like My question would be, how many people watch League of Legends who don't play it? Because I've watched League of Legends because I just wanted to see what the shows were about, see what the competitions are about, but I don't understand what's going on. And they don't cater to those people, and I, and I guess that's it. It's difficult, because the hardcore League of Legends audience, they're watching yeah, and they they're going to be stuff. pissed off yeah. if the commentators don't only talk about high-level League of Legends. But the difference of all other sports, you turn on UFC, you've got somebody talking who knows about MMA and yeah. is talking about the holds and the strikes I, and the I know, techniques. I think,
0: I think that with TV networks getting involved, that's got to be yeah. the way well, that it Well, that,
1: Well, that's what I think. I think that's what's going to change it for me. I don't watch a lot of esports because I find it difficult to know what's going on and yeah. therefore uninteresting. I think... I think what esports needs to do to take over the world, like what's going to make esports bigger than NFL or bigger than all those other sports, the real sports, is going to be when they start pulling in normal people who don't play those games. And the way to do that is to make it accessible to them, like show them how it works. I mm. think that's why I I enjoy watching like COD or Counter Strike tournaments more than anything else. It's not because I like those games, but yeah, it's because you, I can understand, understand them. them. Yeah, I yeah. can watch that and I know what's happening. Whereas when I watch like Smite Tournament or a Dota Two tournament or whatever, like I just don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. There you go.
1: Another great question. It needs accessibility.
0: Accessibility. Well you know what <laughs> and it's
1: coming and I it's think gonna come, yeah. I think smaller games that like I think that could really happen for. Like like Race <laughs> the Sun is a funny example, but like that's something I'd watch. Or like You know, Super Hexagon. I would watch a Super Hexagon tournament where it was the best players in the world trying to get the best times.
0: Like, I'd watch that. I wouldn't watch it because I'd be
1: up there (laughs) on that stage winning the moment. Yeah,
0: yeah, awesome question. Um, There's two here from Drusen. One of them I'm just going to touch on quickly because he asked last week. He asked so many questions last week and I've missed some (laughs) of them out. I'm sorry, Drusen. Um, He just wants to know how many questions you can get answered. So in general, if you ask on Twitter and you get a like from uh from wrong Town on your tweet or favorite whatever the hell they call it now um that means that i've seen Heart. it it means that i've seen it and it means that i've hopefully written it down but not necessarily <laughs> but if you haven't received a like the chances are i've just missed it so sorry
1: um, or it was so bad that we didn't want to entertain it
0: yeah that does happen sometimes but you know to be honest pretty rarely yeah we do we do we have a pretty pretty big threshold here <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Drusen's actual question is uh, is another good one, not games-related. He asks, what movie have you rewatched the most amount of times? And also, as a second part to that, perhaps the same thing, what would you consider to be your favourite movie? Oh, no, actually, he says, would you consider that your favourite uh, movie? So, actually, what he's saying is, the film you've watched the most amount of times, is that the same thing as your favourite movie, or is it a different thing?
1: Probably, I don't think so, but I love films. Basically, the kind of people... Who watch like a who listen to a gaming podcast and they're really into games and they probably assume that I'm also really into games, but I'm just not really. Like, I really like playing games, but I'm not like hardcore. When it comes to films, I am like that. Like, I'm so into films. I, I've just, I can't even really begin to talk about it. And the concept of having a favorite movie to me is just also impossible because I've just, I've seen. I have. I own on DVD thousands of films. <laughs> like, I've probably seen way more than I own. I've yeah. watched tons of them. Like, I've definitely there's definitely movies where I've seen probably into triple figures amount of times. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that means they're my favorites. But like, Hackers is one that comes to mind. <clears throat> I love Hackers. I great think film. it's a great film. Yep. And I've probably watched it triple digit times. I don't know. Maybe is it my favorite movie? I don't know. It's definitely up there. You don't have a favorite, then you just you just. You I don't just think don't it's like possible. I don't think it's possible to have a favorite when you like movies as much as I like movies.
0: Well, I don't like movies as much as you like movies, uh, so I do have a favorite film. <laughs> uh, my favorite film is *The Fifth Element* by Luke Besson. It's very
1: good. There you go. I've probably watched it like 20 times. I don't know. I mean, 100 times is a lot of times. That's to a lot watch. of times. It's a lot of times to watch a movie, <laughs> and I'm doubting myself, but then to be honest, I don't know. I think no, I've probably...
0: Yeah, we, we used to do a lot of travelling together, I think I've and you pretty much watched that film every yeah, single night. So, I think I've yeah. probably
1: watched Hackers over 100 times.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you, everyone who asked questions. Sorry we didn't get to them all. We are running very long today. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. If you've listened this far, this is the longest you'll have ever listened to one Wrongtown podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> um, since, you're, since you're here, why not follow us on Twitter? Uh, you can follow the channel at Wrongtown. That's also where you ask your questions. Uh, if you want to follow us for some reason, you can follow Claw at Claw myself at Um We actually also have a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, case we you do. In case you hadn't heard. Uh, YouTube.com slash WrongtownCentral we'll take you to our channel where you can subscribe and watch lots of fun cool videos as well as this podcast if you want to watch it on YouTube you can do that but well, you don't really watch it but you know you can listen to it um if you're on YouTube um listen to the podcast and you put a comment in, there's a question i will ask it next time um you can also find us on iTunes if you've got an iPhone that's pretty cool we're on iTunes <laughs> fucking iTunes. <laughs> That's,
1: that means we're legit.
0: Yeah, proper. Uh, so for iOS users, you can um, download us, subscribe to us on iTunes, and give us a like and a comment, you know, that kind of stuff, and a five-star review if you could. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be <laughs> that'd swell. That'd be swell. Yeah, that that just makes us sort of, makes more people see us, apparently. That's how search engines work. Um, if you're not on iTunes, new thing, Pocket Casts. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's like podcasts for everyone else. Ah. So uh, look us up on Pocket Casts if you've got an Android phone or if you just. I like don't like. I don't po-
1: use iTunes, so does that mean I can listen to the podcast now? Yes, you can.
0: Sweet. Yep. Pocket, <laughs> pocket Casts.
1: I like hearing my own opinions and disagreeing with them hours later. <laughs> I've also
0: submitted us to another um, podcast directory. Um, but I'm not going to say what it is yet in case we get refused. From, <laughs> <laughs> because I did get an email saying that sounds exciting. your your application is under consideration. Ah. So I think it might actually be a little bit more serious than I thought it was when I filled out the form. Ah, yeah. That's it. There you go. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us this far. Thanks for sticking with us all the time. You've been great. It's been amazing having you listen to us. <laughs> oh, actually, one last question. <laughs> One last question that was asked. Oh, great, that came out of nowhere. Question from Atomic Cat, who says, please answer this at the start of the podcast. He asks, <laughs> he asks should I iron while listening for tradition or perform some other menial churum? Well, you know what, Atomic Cat? There's a range of things you can do. while will listen to the Wrong time podcast while you're out on the boat, out in the car. Or on the plane. <laughs> wherever good times are had.
1: I've actually got an answer to this question. Go on. Uh, you don't need to iron clothes You'd, I've never ironed a I don't single iron thing in anything they straighten themselves and I look just, just put them on just put them on five minutes earlier than you would you wouldn't believe
0: it we look great yeah all the time not a
1: crease to be found yeah that's true only on my actual face <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't iron that
1: yeah uh, yeah
0: thanks again for listening genuinely it's been uh, it's been fun and we'll hopefully get another one out for you next month, if not before. It kind of just depends on when we've been playing stuff. Yeah,
1: we try to to do one monthly, and I think we've basically almost done that, but sometimes it might go five weeks, or this is probably like, this might be just into six weeks since the last one, but I don't know. We try to do them monthly.
0: Yeah. Regular enough to be reassuring, but not so regular as to be annoying. That's our strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Well.
1: (laughs) Only we were like that as people.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's leave it there. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time on the Wrong Town Podcast and hopefully we'll see you on uh, youtube.com slash wrongtowncentral as well for some some fun gaming stuff. Claw, any last words? Yes,
1: actually. Oculus. Oculus. It's a headset and a film.
0: headset and a film. Thanks for listening.